Welcome. Thank you for choosing to listen to another word-filled message by David Entry. Preaching is the means by which God manifests his word and nourishes our spirits. May the life of God enter into you and you as you listen to this message. Be blessed. In Romans chapter 1 verse 16, it says that, um, um, I, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and to the Greek. Verse 17, for therein the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Amen. Amen. Now this is such a beautiful text that many of us are familiar with and many of us, um, it's this text, this scripture is not new to you. And I'm very happy that it's not new to you. Um, when you read the Bible very carefully, you come across the, especially in the New Testament, so in the New Testament, the word gospel, gospel, everybody say gospel. Gospel. Say the gospel. The gospel is mentioned over a hundred times in the New Testament. What is the gospel? The gospel is simply translated from Greek, euangelion. Euangelion. You. 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 So when they say eulogy, euphemism, any word that starts, any word that starts with you is talking about good. So euphemism is a nice and a good way of saying something a bit unpleasant. Okay? So and eulogy, when someone dies, we, we, the things that are said about the dead person, usually it's always nice. He was a nice man, a good man, even though he didn't take care of his children. They would say he's a nice man, he's a good man, but the wife, ex-wife knows that he's a devil. <laughs> All right, but that's eulogy. Eulogy is when nice things are being said, okay, and euphemism. And any word or those words that can start with you has a lot to do with something good. So euangelion, euangelion, which is the Greek for um, gospel, is angelion, angelion. You see, angelus, and los angeles, uh, angelos. Angelos has to do with messenger and angel, okay? Messenger, angel. So angelos, angelion, has to do with message, message. So angelion, message. You, angelion, is good message. That's, is, 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 that, is, that, is that clear? So the gospel, what is the gospel? Is a good message. Or, put it another way, it's good news. You speak a message. You say a message. So Ephesians chapter 1, I think verse 13, I probably go that more. Verse 13 talks about the gospel of truth. The word of your, the, it's the gospel of your salvation. Okay. The word of truth, it is the gospel of your salvation. In whom after that ye believed, you were sealed. So this is, is the gospel of salvation. This is very important. All right. So the, the good news is, you see, no news is good. So you know the bad news. 
That is why the bad news is that you were going to hell. <laughs> you were on your way to hell. The bad news is you couldn't do anything about your state. The bad news is you have been trying to live the best way to please God, but it can't do. It can't happen. The bad news is that you are too weak to meet the, the righteous standard of God. The bad news is for all have sinned and are falling short of the gospel of God. That is why I said the other time, you cannot appreciate the work of Christ on the cross if you take away Genesis from the Bible. It takes Genesis to appreciate the gospel. It takes Genesis to appreciate the gospel. And so let's look at Genesis. Something interesting happened in Genesis. In Genesis chapter 1, Bible says that verse 26, God said, let us make man how in our, our image, after our likeness. How did God make man? In his image and his likeness. So let us make man in our image. That is, that is the conference meeting God had within himself before he went on to, he, when he came to every other thing, let there be, let there be, let there be, let there be. But when he came to man, he said, no, we have to have a conference first. Let's have a discussion. So God had a discussion with himself. That's why you see, uh, God said, God said, let there be. But when he came to man, he said, God said, let us. Because it's just a, it's a, it's a conference with him. God made, had a conference, or a, had a committee meeting with himself. Because it's the only self-contained community. So he had a committee meeting within himself. And then God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit came together. And they said, okay, now let us make man. So Genesis 1 says, let us make man in our image. Verse, verse 27, that's the, where, where we're going now. Interesting. So God created man. How? How? In his own image. He didn't say in their own image. God never is there. He's his. Okay, but he can say, let us. We can say them. We can say him. He's the, when he came to man, he had to use himself, his assness. <laughs> so he says that God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female. So God created man in his image. So that if we were created in God's image, how come God's image has become so bad that it is only good for hell, only good for the fire, only good for uh, uh, being getting rid of, gotten rid of? How come? But God made us in his image. Yes, but something happened. After God made us in his image, Adam's disobedience brought, introduced the nature, the nature of the devil into man. So as soon as Adam disobeyed God and ate, he introduced the nature of the devil into man. And suddenly the image in God, the image of God in man became distorted. It became thwarted. It became distorted. So it's like you have a mirror. You know, some of you, you know, sometimes you have a mirror and something smashes the mirror and it's, it's not broken. It's broken, but still, you know, it's, it was made of glue. So it's still like some driving mirror, driver's mirror. You can see some drivers, their mirror is all gone, but it's still there. So you can see some images, but it's all, the images are just everywhere. You see your nose, 
behind your ears. And you see your ear, you see your ears under your chin. It's all distorted image. So that's why the Bible says in Romans chapter 3 that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 3, 23. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So we all fell. Now, how did we all fall? Is it not Adam who ate it? It's only Adam. But why must it be our problem? Adam's problem became our problem because when Adam reproduced, there was a problem. In Genesis chapter 5, when you look at Genesis chapter 5, verse, uh, look at verse 3, Bible says that, and Adam, Adam gave birth, and Adam lived 130 years, and what did he do? How? Oh, that's where the problem came from. We now became like Adam after, after his image. Adam's image. So, because the original was polluted and distorted, all that came after it and from it were all mad and damaged. So, every one of us were damaged on arrival. We were damaged. A baby in the womb is damaged before it arrives. Because Bible says in Romans chapter 5, verse 12, that by one man, as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin. How did sin come? By one man. Sin was looking for opportunity to enter. But one man's disobedience allowed sin to enter. Sin. No, this is not talking about sin as the things you do wrong. This is talking about sin as a personality with a nature. Because sin entered. He's talking about that's a person and that's personality. By one man, uh, by one man, sin entered. It's like, like sin came in. Who is sin? Who is knocking at the door? Me, sin. Don't let him in. Adam opened the door and sin came in. So sin is a personality. And he checked into humanity and damaged humanity so much that humanity doesn't look like God. Or we, we, we cease to have the image of God, but rather the image of the damaged Adam. So, look at this, the text again. And Adam gave birth after his likeness. He begat a son in his own likeness, not in the likeness of God. Now, this one, his own. After his image and called his name Seth. That's the beginning of generations. Everyone. So Romans chapter 12, sorry, chapter 5, verse 12. He said, back to that. said, by one man's offense, sin entered into the world and death by sin. So death passed on to how many men? All. That word men, there is not talking about male. It's talking about human being. For for how many are sin? All. Uh -uh. All have become guilty. All were sin by the one man. Why? Because we all came from him and everyone that comes out is already damaged by what? By sin. Sin was living in us. This is very important to understand. Sin was living in us. That is why you cannot be perfect. That's why you try, you try, you try, you try. The more you are trying, the more you are failing. So sin 
came to live in man. And man also began to sin. You see? So sin is there, and we were also doing the actions of sin. So there are two problems here. The original nature of sin that has entered you, that has determined that you will never be like God, and you will never like God, you will never obey God, you will never do it God's way. That nature is there, and then the things you are doing also that has made you enemy of God. And, and according to the Bible, as I taught some time ago, a few weeks ago, that God cannot pardon sin. Sin must be punished. He said, by him, sin, uh, he said, he shall not, uh, uh, Exodus chapter 34, he shall not let any, uh, go, every, any uh, guilt, the guilty go unpunished. He said, verse, verse 7, he said, keeping, thousand, uh, uh, keeping mercy for thousands, for uh, forgiving iniquities and transgressions and sin, transgression and sin, and that will, this God will by no means clear the guilty. No, no, no. He will by no means clear the guilty. So then if you are guilty, he can forgive, but if you are guilty, he has to, so how can you forgive sin and also not let the guilty go? All this could happen on the cross. This is very important. And so on the cross, your sins and my sins were forgiven so that we can now be walking without the guilt of Adam's sin because Christ's obedience on the cross has paid for Adam's sins and all our sins and has damaged the power of sin over our lives. Now, there is a way we are supposed to live so that we'll be saved from the power of sin. We were saved. Our sins, our sins send you to hell. Sins. So Jesus saved us from going to hell. But he didn't only save us from going to hell because the problem was not only sins. That was the main problem because with, with your sins, you can't have a relationship with God. Is that one following me? Yeah. With your sins, you can't have a relationship with God. This is called the gospel. With your sins, you can't have a relationship with God. That is why the gospel is not complete without getting to understand what happened to Adam. Yeah. What happened in Genesis. Once you understand it, it's not I'm a good person. It's not I'm a nice person. It's just that you are, you are a nice, sinful person. <laughs> you are a good, sinful person. You are a good sinner. So, in fact, and people do not watch this. This is very important. Sometimes people, religion confuses um, good behavior with godliness. So the fact that someone is being good, is behaving good, does not necessarily mean the person is godly or is manifesting the life of God or he, is, he has a relationship with God. No. How can you have a relationship with God? You must be in Christ. You must first be in Christ. Then it says that if any man be in Christ, aha, he is a new creation. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. So if you are not in Christ, you are still in the old creation. So it doesn't matter how nice. You know, people can be nice. Think Romans chapter, uh, no, uh, Acts chapter 28 from verse 2, 3, 4 there. Paul talks about how when they came out of the shipwreck, the natives in Malta, were very nice people to them. 
the, the barbarous pe people showed us no little... Did you see that? They were not born again. They didn't know Christ. But they were, they were philanthropic. Being philanthropic does not necessarily mean you are godly. Being a nice person, uh, you see, uh, some people go around saying this. You, they call them, they, he calls himself Christian, but I'm, I'm even nicer than Who told you it's got to do with being a Christian fundamentally? It's not how nice you are. It's how Christ you are eh? mm. or how much Christ is in you. Wow. How much you are like you are the image of God, the image of Christ. But Christ is good. Yeah, 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 he's good. So you'll be good because we are born again. We are, says, uh, talks about created in Christ Jesus Unto good works, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. We are the workmanship of God created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God had before had before ordained that we walk. So if you are in Christ, you will be good. But the fact that someone has the good and a better disposition of behavior doesn't make them better in the sight of God. Being a Christian is not fundamentally, first of all, being good. Is being, being, being in Christ. Yeah. Being in Christ. Being in Christ. So it's very important to understand that maybe I might go into that a bit. I don't want to. Let me come back to what I'm saying. So in Christ, Christ, Bible says that, watch this. Without the remission, without the shedding of blood, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 21. Without the shedding of blood, there is no removal, remission. Forgiveness, atonement, cleansing of sins. 22. All, see, all, almost all things are by the law. The law God gave. He said this is how things should be done when it comes to godliness. This is how you. Almost all things are by the Lord purged with blood. And without shedding of blood is no remission of sin. Remission means removal. Removal of sin. Covering of sin. Your sins are taken away. Remitted. You know when you say remit, re remittance. The remittance has come through. Someone has sent something. They transferred something and it's got into you. So remove a remission of sins that rinse has been transferred away. Has been moved from you. And it says that without the shedding of blood, blood, sins cannot be remitted. And so, for watch this. For the sins in our lives, which the things we have committed, that must be forgiven, that are still standing against us. For it to be forgiven, there must be blood. Now, your blood, you can't die to save yourself. No. I can't die to save myself, neither can I die to save you. Because my blood is not perfect. My blood is not clean enough to wash you. And wa In fact, even if I am, my blood is so perfect, it might wash only one person. Not the world. <laughs> so the Bible says that, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the whole world. John 1, 29. Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins. Now, that must be a serious situation. So why did, why did Jesus have to come and die on the cross? I need you to understand this. I'm going somewhere. Number one, when you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, it's, they are, it's called what? The Gospels. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. When I used to be in the Catholic Church, every service or every Mass, the Father would read the Gospel. So first reading, second reading. Sometimes maybe evening Mass is short, so we don't read first reading, we don't read second. But the Gospel, let's hear the Gospel. The Gospel according to John. And so when you hear the Gospel, 
Usually, the, the books of the Bible that are called the gospel, they are four. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. What were they about? The gospels are primarily, obviously, but gospel means good news, isn't it? But the gospels are primarily, the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, are primarily about the life of Jesus when he was on earth. That's why if you are looking for the nativity, where do you go? You go to the gospel. You go to Matthew. You go to Luke. It's, it, you, can't, you can't go to Jeremiah to go and look for the nativity. Because it's not there. It's not really detailed there. If you actually want to, see, to know the biography of Jesus Christ, then you have to go to Matthew. You have to go to Mark. You have to go to Luke. And you have to go to John. They are history, history books. He, they are historical records. Historical records about the human living of Jesus. It's very important. Okay, so who is Jesus? He is God in eternity, and he's the son of God in eternity, and he became a human being. So God in the flesh is Jesus. Now, God in the flesh, the records about the time he was in the flesh is what is captured in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And why did he come in the flesh? Because he needed blood. What did he need blood for? He needed blood for our redemption. For the covering of our sins. Because somebody must pay for our sins. Our sins must be paid for. So God himself said, I'm coming to pay for their sins. Wow! We sinned against God. And after we sinned against God, instead of him punishing us according to his law, because God is righteous and he shouldn't spare the guilty, he must punish the guilty. He said, this punishment, they can't take it. So I am coming to take it on their behalf. So that anyone who puts his faith in me and anyone who is in Christ, his sins have been covered, have been paid for, have been taken care of. Hallelujah. Or better still, have been remitted, has been removed. So, God himself came on earth. Now, the gospels are about the human living of Jesus. And because God needed blood, he had to be a human being because it takes blood to remove sins. It takes blood to cover sins. But when he finished, was that all? He came to redeem us when he came on the earth. He came for redemption. But redemption is not the end of the story. And so the salvation, oh, the salvation that is presented to us in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is more about the human living of Jesus to pay for our sins. And he died to pay for our sins and he resurrected. That is redemption. But that is not all the story. So when you hear salvation, 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 salvation in Matthew, salvation in Mark, salvation in uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, salvation in John, it's much of the time about Jesus' life to redeem us from our sins. But then when you go to Romans chapter 1, Paul begins to talk about another gospel. It's the same Gospel of Jesus, Romans chapter 1, verse 1, Paul, an apostle of, uh, sorry, servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated, oh, oh, separated unto the eye, uh, uh, he starts by saying, this gospel belongs to God. This gospel belongs to God. Hallelujah. This gospel belongs to God. It says, separated unto the gospel of God, which, which God himself, he had promised, be, uh, uh, he has promised afore, or no, no, before, by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. And what is this gospel about? Hallelujah! The gospel is about a person. 
It's not your testimony. It's a person. The gospel is about his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, which was made the seed of David according to the flesh. Can you imagine? He was made the seed of David according to the flesh. But the gospel is about his son. God's son became David's seed. He became David's son. So he was a son before he became a son, physical son. But, but, but this whole gospel, that's why we have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's about Jesus Christ, the way he lived and he died for us. The way he was born, he lived. Is the gospel, watch this. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is about when Jesus came on earth before he eventually sat in heaven. But I know you didn't see him when he was on earth. I wasn't there. Neither were you there. My granddad was not there. My great, 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 great grandmom was not there. None of them were there when he was alive. But he's with us. So now, we need to know the Jesus who is alive today. Not only the Jesus who walked. We need the history, but we need the living. So watch this. The salvation, when God, when Paul mentions um, the gospel, in Romans chapter 1, in fact, in Romans chapter 1 alone, he mentions the gospel four times. The first one, he said, that he calls it the gospel of God. The second one, he calls it the gospel of Jesus Christ, verse 9. The gospel of his son, verse 9. He says that, for God is my witness, whom I serve um, with my spirit, in the gospel of his son. Wow. And then verse 15, he mentions the gospel again. He said, so... As much as in, uh, in me is, I'm ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome. Then verse 16 says, and I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Hey, what is this thing the guy is talking about? I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. So Paul opens Romans. It's like this guy is telling us another gospel. He's giving us details of, uh, he's presenting a gospel to us, which is not different from the one in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, but it's advanced from that. Advanced in the sense that the gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, is about when Jesus was living amongst us. The gospel in Romans is about when Jesus came to, comes to live. In, in, <laughs> the Jesus, the Jesus in you, the Jesus in you, the Jesus in you. He said, let me talk about the Jesus who is going to heaven and now is living in us. Hallelujah! Is the post is the post resurrection Jesus. The post resurrection is the Jesus we know. Is the Jesus we serve. But we cannot know him better if we don't read Matthew, Mark, Luke and John as a human being. So we can identify with him as a real human being. He had a real mother. He had brothers and sisters. He ate fish. He ate bread. He was betrayed. He cried. He was tired. He slept. He was angry. They beat him. He died. He resurrected. Hallelujah. We identify with him. But the good news is this resurrected Jesus is not just resurrected and is gone somewhere. He's living in us. And so when he lived in, uh, on the human life, he, he lived the human life so he can redeem us from our sins. But now that he has redeemed us from our sins, that means the job is finished. No, it's the beginning. 
is the beginning. Is what is the beginning? He said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Huh? What salvation is this? This is not just salvation from hell. This is not just salvation from, see, the, the redemption is mainly from our sins. But this is not just salvation from our sins, which is part of it. But this is salvation from the Adamic image that is, re, that is destroying your life on earth. That Adamic image, that doesn't make you be able to live the life of God. And so, Jesus Christ, now watch this. Listen, listen, don't miss this. Don't miss this. Jesus God's, it wasn't Jesus is coming on earth or Jesus Christ coming on earth. It's not only because of redemption. Redemption is just to cover us and deal with our sins and remove us from the state of our sins. God didn't save you just because of hell. When you are saved, you can't go to hell. But he didn't save you because he doesn't want you to go to hell. No. And your, his, his son... The Son of God cannot go to hell. So when he saves you, he saves you for a greater purpose, not just from going to hell. So what is it? God, watch this. One of the reasons why, the main reason why Christ came on earth was because God wanted many brothers for Christ. <laughs> so that he shall be the firstborn amongst many brothers. <laughs> Romans chapter 8, verse 29. For whom he did foreknow, he also did he, uh, he also uh, did predestinate to be conformed into the aha uh aha -huh, uh -huh, to be conformed into what? Preach with me, you the one with the Adam image. Now you are be oh you are being conformed uh oh uh oh because the Adamic image is not helping us. We need a new image. And Jesus was the express image of the invisible God. What? The proper, the clear one. According to Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 and 16. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 and 16. He is the image of the God you can't see. What? He is the first of everything, anything created. He comes, he's the proto, proto. He comes above everything created. He's above everything created. He's the image of the actual invisible God. In Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3, the Bible says that he is the express, he is the he, whom, Jesus, being the bright, brightness of God's glory and the express image of God's person. He's the express. When you see, that, it's like when you see him, that's why I said if you're seeing, you've seen the Father. That's why he's called the son of God. That's why when he said, I'm the son of God, they said, how can you be, be the son of God? How can you be a human being, make yourself equal with God? Because when he said, I'm the son of God, as I taught recently, he's, he's actually saying that I am the one who came from God. I am, when you see me, you have seen God. When you, when you see me, I'm, I'm God in the flesh. <laughs> I am God in the flesh. I'm God walking. Colossians chapter 2 verse 9. Bible said, in Christ, in Christ, eh, the fullness of the God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit is called the Godhead. That's that God who said, let us. The fullness of the let us dwells in him physically, bodily. 
You remember Genesis chapter 1, let us make man our image. That, that let us, that God who said let us, the let us, the us, dwells in Christ physically. So human nature capturing the entire, the real, the, the three, the, the God in three, in one person. So physically, if you see him, you have actually seen however anything physical can ever express God. That's what you see in Christ. That's in, that's in that sense, he's the son of God. He came, uh, is somebody learning something at all? He, 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 came, he came from God. He's the son of God. Hallelujah. So, Bible says that, so when him, we, because gosh says, uh, hallelujah. Did you, did you remember, why did God create us? You remember the manifesto, his conference call. His conference is God. What was the purpose of the conference? What was the agreement? Let's make man in our image. But then Adam, Satan destroyed the image, and then now we, we, we all became the, we were born in the image of Adam. So now a second Adam must come. Our last Adam, which is Christ. Christ came so that we can now become the image. Oh, you remember? We can now. So Romans chapter 8, verse 29 again. Look at it. He said, for those he foreknew, he, foreknew, he did predestine to be conformed into the image of his son. Ah, why? So that now Christ, he, Christ, give me New King James so that he can be capitalized so we know it's Christ. Into this image, uh, the image of his son. So that he, see that he is Christ, might be the firstborn. Oh! Oh! <laughs> Christ must be, might be the firstborn amongst many. So God's original and ultimate purpose plan was to have many brethren for Christ. <laughs> Not just to redeem us. Not just, redemption is just recovery, to clean us from our sins. But he cleansed us so that we, we can become many brethren of the one, one, uh, one uh, the son, his holy son Christ. Many brethren. God wanted many sons, many brethren after the order, after the image of Christ. So Christ had to come and die, pay for our sins, clear the sins away, and not just that, the salvation they brought as well, the salvation of the gospel, the gospel, the power of God's salvation is also to save us from the shattered image of God that we inherited from Adam, the Adamic image that makes you sin, that makes you do all kinds of things. And now, once you are in Christ, you have to pursue and walk according to that. Because Satan now wants to use that against you. So you can be going to heaven, you are born again, but your earthly life is a mess. You are saved from hell, but you have not been saved from the hellish lifestyle. <laughs> the hellish lifestyle, that's what we have in Christ. So that now, the Christ we talk about, the Christ according to the gospel of Paul, is not just the Christ seated in heaven, he is, but he's also the Christ living in us, reigning in us, and now we have to live. So if you turn to your spirit, when you turn to the Lord, so we have to now live based on the life of Christ from inside us. This is what the second salvation is about. Being saved from the polluted generation. For when Peter preached to them, they asked Peter, Peter, what shall we do? He said, repent. Acts chapter 2, verse 20, 38. Repent and be baptized 
for the, every one of you for the remission of sins in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Watch this. There's the next verse. For the promise is unto you, unto your children, and to as far as God shall call. And then verse 40 says, With many other ways he testified and exhorted them, Save yourself from this perverse, perverse generation. Perverse, save yourself. Be saved. So watch this. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power ah, unto salvation, so that the pollution of our generation will not take an upper hand over your life. You need to let the gospel keep flowing in. The gospel of Christ. Open your, expose yourself to good teaching, the pure teaching of God, and in prayer, add all fellowship, add prayer. Don't just say, I'm listening to preaching, so I'm not praying. No, you have to pray. You have to walk with God. But all these things can be possible as you open your spirit, man, for the word of God to have hold of you. I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God. I know you've been saved from your sins. You've been saved from going to hell, but you can tell you are still living in a polluted every now and then life that is not helping you glorify God. I see the story changing from today. Amen. Now, let, let me just draw your attention to one or two things as I round up. In Romans chapter 1, it says that verse 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes to the Jew first and to the Gentile. For, for in the gospel, for in the gospel, ah, he mentions another word here. The righteousness of God is revealed. Ah, as you believe, it makes the righteousness, ah, so, see, see, so he is talking about righteousness, the God-likeness, the pattern of God's behavior, the pattern that makes you acceptable and look like God more. The God pattern is godliness. God is righteous. So his, this salvation is based on his righteousness. He's saving you based on his righteousness so that you, as you walk with him in faith, you can become like him. It is the gospel of God's righteousness. The gospel of God's righteousness. The gospel of God's righteousness. I'm not ashamed. It says that for in it, the righteousness of God, God has righteousness. It is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Let me, let me, let me take you further. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all. Ah, ah. So you need to be saved from this thing. <laughs> the wrath of God revealed against what? All ungodliness. All unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in righteousness. Now, you need to be saved from this one. The power of God to save you is the, is the, is the truth of the gospel. <laughs> For... Um, what was the cause of all this unrighteousness of men? That is, because that which may be known of God is manifest to them, for God has shown it to them. For the invisible things of God, of, of that's of God, of him, from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the, th by the things that are made, even the eternal power and uh, even his eternal power and Godhead. So they are without excuse. You can't say, Oh, I, I don't, I didn't know. No one taught me there's, there's God. No, no, no. Atheism is not, not an excuse, not an excuse. 
because every common sense. In fact, I heard this um, somewhere, I read somewhere that Einstein, Albert Einstein, E equals to M square, MC squared. Albert Einstein, the great physicist, was asked many years ago, was asked, do you believe in God? Do you know what he said? He said, how can you ask me, a scientist, such a question? How can I be a good scientist and not believe there is God? Because the more I do science, the more I can tell there is God. He said, how can you ask such a good scientist whether I believe in That's not a question to ask. Because if you're a good scientist, you know there is God. <laughs> Einstein, Albert Einstein, those who are following his MC squared. <laughs> he said, you can't even be a good scientist. If, I mean, you, if you're a good scientist, because Bible says that the invisible attributes of God are clearly seen. It's shown. It's, his his thumbprints are on everything created. So if you do scientific research, you only come across the thumbprints of God. Wow. Even your human nature, the, the human body, is very complex. Just you, when you look at the way your human body is, it tells you, no, this one, God made it. <laughs> Hallelujah. But you know, the, the problem here, watch this, verse 21, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. So number one, once you know God, don't let challenges and the sins around us and the behavior of people say, ah, I can't be bothered. I can't be bothered. Be bothered. Be bothered about the way you are honoring God. Acknowledge him that God is involved in my life. Acknowledge him that God has been good to me. Acknowledge him. Yeah, even when you backslide, uh, in your backsliding stage, don't turn your back. I'm tired of all this God, God thing. Hey! That's where the problem starts from. He says that when they knew God, they did not glorify him as God. Number one, not one problem. Number two, neither were they thankful. They were not thankful. Instead, but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish, Bible says it's not me, their foolish hearts was darkened. You see what? So number one, to be saved from this generation, we don't have to forget to glorify God. We have to acknowledge him. When we know, we have to acknowledge and glorify God that this is God. God is good. In fact, in spite of things I don't understand, I don't even bring God into mess. It's me. If it's not working, it's not God. It's me. That's, that's the, please, separate God from your complaints. Separate God. Uh, you've heard about how a certain pastor has done something. The pastor has stolen money. The pastor has gone to, has gone to fornicate and he has been caught on tape. And you see, that's why, you see, because of this preacher, that I don't even believe in God again. Hey, 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 hey! Cry your own cry. <laughs> you knew God! Don't let somebody's behavior determine whether God is true or not. You knew God for yourself. You prayed and he answered you. you he sent you. You know it. Don't backslide. Don't backslide. And even in your backsliding state, don't temper with the, the truth of God you know. I'm preaching. <laughs> this, is, this is why we need a, a dose of the gospel so we'll be saved. There is the power of God to save us from this Adamic lifestyle. The devil came to damage the image of God in us. 
and twist us. So some people are saved, but still, they are not glorifying God as God in their lives. And two, they are not thankful. They are not thankful. You are not thankful. You haven't thanked God for what he did yesterday because he hasn't finished what you are asking him today. He would never do it. <laughs> there are repercussions for doing these things. So number one, they didn't glorify him. Number two, they were not thankful. Number three, in fact, number 20, verse 22 said, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. They are, they, oh, I'm a very intelligent person, but you see, you can, when you know God, you can tell that's a fool talking. Yeah, they became fools. But, but number three is, and they changed the glory of God. They changed the glory of the incorruptible God into image made like to corruptible man and to bears and to four-footed beasts and creeping. They, they changed. Do you know what the, the word change means? They exchanged it. They gave it up. The image of God, you see, that's yeah, the, good. That's NIV. They exchanged it. They exchanged the image of the glory of God for four-footed. They exchanged it. In other words, they give up what they, they are retaining about God. But the, the, uh, uh, the, the, what you are retaining about God, don't give it away. Don't give it up. It doesn't matter how you feel. Don't you let your feelings determine your the, your pursuit of God or your value of God. Don't let your feelings determine your value of God. Don't let your negative feeling damage your value for God. Some people can come around you and talk and talk, and but you must, keep, you must raise a wall. You don't talk past this level about my God. I, I won't listen. I know. It doesn't matter. You can show me all kinds of evidence. I've made up my mind that God is God in my life. I've tested him firsthand. Yeah. Don't exchange God. When you exchange God, he will also exchange you. Verse 24 says, wherefore God also. Did you see the also there? It's important. God, they started it and God also continued for them. They threw God away. God said, okay, I will also throw you, I will also throw you up. But, uh, they exchanged God. So therefore, wherefore God also. Wherefore God also. You stop saying that I mean all this church here, I don't believe again. God also will give you up. <laughs> you give me up. You know, you have cancer. Come and call pastor. Please, the pastor should come and pray for me. God will also, I'm not saying you have cancer because you stop church. Please. No, no, I'm not saying that. But you never know what is already buried in your background and it's a time bomb waiting to take. It's a standing order in your generational line. It's a standing order. Diabetes. It's a standing order. It hits your grandfather, your father. You are next in line. It's a standing order. But salvation, the gospel of God is the power of God unto salvation. Hallelujah! <laughs> I want to give you five. There's five things I saw. Can I give you the last two and we finish? They exchanged their, wherefore God also gave them up to unclean, uncleanness through the lust of their hearts, their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Who exchanged, that's number five. Number four, what did they do? They exchanged the truth of God into a lie. Some translations said they, they exchanged it for a lie. Yeah. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie. They preferred the lie because the lie sometimes seems convenient for you. Mm -hmm. The lie sometimes seems convenient for you. Convenient for you. 
So what you know God, is, God expects of you. People can heap all kinds of teachers to themselves. Why are you looking for people to teach you online that fornication is not a problem? Ah, you are exchanging the truth of God for a lie. Why? Why? All these pastors, the way they read for the is not realistic. It's not realistic. God doesn't have a problem with the Hey, look at you, look at you, look at you. See, this is why you need to hear the gospel so you can be saved from this perverse generation. Perverse. The sin is getting more complex. Have you noticed that? Sin is getting more complicated and complex. Sometimes they can even ask you a question, a simple question, and you, are, you can't find an answer in the Bible for the question. Because the, the question is very complicated. The question is so complicated. When you answer it anyway, it looks like they see the Bible is not realistic. But that, that's a lie. That's a lie. If you can focus on the, the Christ, you will be saved. Some people will think it's not necessary. Let them go and let's keep preaching the gospel. Let's keep living for Jesus and let's keep showing people the way to Christ. Hey. <laughs> oh, for this cause, hey. Verse 26 said, for this cause, God gave them up to vile. Vile means wild. Wild. Affections. Affections are things you want. Things you are in love with. <laughs> you are in love with it. You can't stop. You just want it. Even if it's to kill me, just let me have it. Let, there, years ago, I met a, a, set, a, a certain lady. She was smoking. I, I went to a certain office. I met her. And then she was smoking. I said, but smoking is not good for your health. She said, I can't be bothered. I know. He said, I know it's not good. I wasn't even preaching. I was just in a conversation. I said, smoking is not good. He said, yeah, I know. I know, but you know, I, I, I don't care. I just want to, if it will kill me, when it, I just love it so much. I'm ready to die by it. Hey! hey. <laughs> Where is it? God gave them, oh, girl gave them up unto vile, vile affections, vile affections. For even their women did exchange the natural use into that which is against nature. This woman I met, she said, I said, so uh, are you married? So, no, no, no. I just, all I need is a boyfriend. After we leave some time, I just move on to another one. He said, he said, as for me, I like my life the way it is. I think she, is, she was about early 30s. This is about 20 years ago. The, the streets of Fulham. I met her. He said, I just like my life the way it is. And I don't want to marry. I don't want to have a child. I just want to enjoy my life. You see, you have changed the natural use. <laughs> it's like a student who says that I have a phone. I will just always be on my phone, use it for games and social media. I don't want to stay. I'll study when I get a chance, but now it's phone time. My, oh, it's too nice. This TikTok thing, this house party thing, and there's another one called some clubhouse. Yeah, this, this clubhouse thing. I, I'm not saying they are bad, but I'm telling you. 
So when you know you are supposed to go to work, somebody said, Pastor, I have an addiction. Sometimes I can be watching pornography all night till 10 a.m. and I have to phone in sick because I couldn't go to work because this thing I just couldn't stop it. I was, you see, you see, this is what the power of God. They said it is the power of God unto salvation. Preach the gospel. It is the power. God didn't just save you from sin, but save us from this Adamic image that is that loves the pollution of the world, love the pollution of our generation. And I know you know. That our generation is becoming more corrupt and corrupt and corrupt. There are complex ways of sinning now. The Bible says they invent different ways of sinning. Invent. Who would have thought that people can create things that you can buy from the shop? Hmm. I, can't, I, can't, I can't even go into that. But let's finish this verse. Verse, verse 28 says that, and even as they did not like to oh retain God in their knowledge. You see, now why am I showing you these things? These five things: glorifying God, number two, uh, that's verse verse twenty one. Glorifying God, number two, being thankful to God, number three is verse twenty three. Exchanging God's glory, number four is verse twenty five. Um, changing the 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 truth of God into a lie, and then number five is not retaining God, not liking to retain God in our knowledge. This is what, when you are a believer, you have to guard against by feeding yourself with the word of God, with the gospel. Gospel is the message about Christ, loving Christ, following it. Love, do it with others who are also in love with Christ. Do it. Other than that, you can be born again, but these things, there will be different nuances of these kind of, these five things I've mentioned that are playing in your life, and you'll be praying for miracle. Oh, Pastor, declare, but it's not working because these things, Satan is using that to harass, to afflict, and to divert the goodness of God from manifesting in your life. The gospel of salvation. The gospel of salvation. You shall be saved. So, in conclusion, Christ came to die to save us from our sins so that we can live according to the image of God in him. Amen. And when we live according to the image of God, we have to continue in it so that life on earth will be how God has meant it to be. Glorifying God, bringing honor to God, and the glory of God showing, manifesting in our lives. God will not give you up because you didn't give God up. God will not give you up to vile affections because you don't give God up. You know, when you are in Christ, sometimes there are things you cannot just say, you cannot just do. Why? Because God hasn't given you up. Sometimes, sometimes people say, today I want to let, my, let down my, my guard. But you try and, no, it's not your thing. Why? God hasn't given you up. So be busy retaining God. Do the church thing. Do the preaching thing. Listen to good preaching. Do the reading your Bible. Do the praying thing. These are things to do. To allow the righteousness of God to be manifested from faith to faith. And all these things must be done by faith, not by feelings. Because therein the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. If we want to see the righteousness of God, then by faith we should pursue the things of God. Feed ourselves with the word of God. Any way to bring the gospel in, keep, keep bringing it. It's not, see, when you are bent on this, 
it's not even some some music you don't have time for it because it's not it's not bringing much more of the gospel of Christ it's not exposing you more to the so you don't have time for some stuff you don't have time for some places to go because you are busy retaining the knowledge of God busy glorifying God busy being thankful to God and not being complain uh, com- uh, being a, uh, uh, constantly complaining and um, not uh, not giving up God at every given time. You know, some of you, this lockdown, there are people who have given up on God because they are not allowing the gospel to come through. And sometimes when they are even listening to preaching, they are also doing other things. So they don't give it attention. And Satan takes advantage of them. But I pray that God will strengthen you. God will strengthen us all that we'll be able to live according to his purpose. Thank you for listening to this message by David Entry. To hear more from David Entry, follow him on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. You can also subscribe to Caris Church on YouTube. Don't forget to share and subscribe to our podcast so you're always up to date. Be blessed.